Hello, 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 <laughs> and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. It's Guggen again! Welcome back! Yay! So Guggen is back on the podcast for anyone who's a newcomer. Guggen's been on, what, two, three? Yeah, a couple times couple at least. couple times? Yeah. How about you introduce yourself? Okay. I happen to be Shannon's BFF, but I'm also an SLP. Mm-hmm. I'm amazing. I'm great. <laughs> Don't you agree, Shannon? I'm just this so perfect. She, this is what she tells herself because she's full imposter syndrome <laughs> starting work. <laughs> okay. Guggen is an SLP and she graduated from UBC a year after me. Yeah, so last summer. Yeah, so she's just a few months into work. I'm like, further than that. A little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, so this whole episode's on the praxis. Um, yeah, basically, I've been getting a lot of questions like, how do you prep for the praxis? <laughs> what is the praxis? How do you study for it? What should you do? What shouldn't you do? What resources should you use? All right, so let's just dive in. I'm going to start with just saying my personal experience with the praxis, mm-hmm. and this is just my experience with it. Originally, I was supposed to do the Canadian SLP exam, but the year that I was supposed to write the Canadian SLP exam, we found out that they basically don't have one anymore, and the whole thing became, just became really disorganized. And so they said, we don't know what you're going to write. So then in the meantime, I was like, well, you know what? I'll just write the praxis. Like, I didn't even know that we would need to write mm-hmm. it in the end. I was like, whatever. And so some, me and some of my friends decided to write the praxis, and we just thought, whatever, at least we practiced, we studied. It's not as expensive as the Canadian exam. At least we'll be certified to work somewhere, even if it's the States. <laughs> the Praxis is the national SLP exam for the States. I wrote it, I passed, and I found out shortly after, about a month after, that they're actually making now all SLP graduate students in Canada write the Praxis. So me and all of my friends who wrote it were so happy because we're like, wow, what are the chances we got it over with mm-hmm. before we even knew we had to write it? So then it was accepted as the Canadian exam. We wrote it, we passed, we were so excited. But basically... um, to talk about, like, how did I prepare, um, I really wanted to be prepared because I'm just, like, an anxious person and I wanted to study a lot and just be really organized. So I probably studied more than I think most people. People don't really study a lot for the praxis. I think it's because it's stuff we learn all through our undergrad and our master's and, like, I don't know. I just find people on average don't study that much for the praxis. However, I studied for probably, I started around in like June, the first week of June, and I wrote it the second week of August. So two months, basically. I studied for a few days a week, probably maybe five days a week. And I would just study for a couple hours a day. I wrote practice tests like almost every week. Um, And I'm going to link everything that I use to study with in the description of this podcast. Um, But basically, it was like things off Teachers Pay Teachers, that really popular purple um, advanced SLP book. And yeah, other than that, I just used the practice tests from that purple textbook and then the practice tests given to you once you register for the praxis. So I probably did more than some people. Like not everyone will get both those practice tests. So I had like 12. Some people only have three practice Mm -hmm. tests. Um, I ended up doing really well on it and I got like way above average. So I think I like kind of it was overkill, like how much I prepared for it. Um, But I just wanted to be that prepared. So basically to sum it up, I'll link what I used in the description. But the biggest thing that I thought was useful was practice tests are so helpful. And then like teachers pay teachers um, review guides I thought were really, really helpful because certain SLPs make these really nice organized reviews from their own experience and they sell them after. I won mine in a giveaway, but I'd recommend buying the one that I linked at least, or maybe there's other ones now that are better, but I thought it was so useful. And then I used the purple textbook um, 
that everyone talks about, the advanced review or whatever. And did you use that one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then, and if you actually buy it, you don't buy it used, you get 10 tests with it. Um, okay. So yeah. How about you just share your experience studying for it and then we'll talk about like test day. Yeah. So I actually ended up getting that textbook used as a PDF. So I didn't get any of those practice tests, but I did get the three practice tests from ETS.com and those I would say were helpful and a little easier than the actual test for me. I found that it was quite tricky. So I gave myself two months to write the test and I kind of, life got in the way and then I was left with one month. And then so what I did was read through the textbook and I read every chapter. I didn't really make notes on everything, but I tried to, especially for chapters that um, I needed more help with, like voice and fluency. But I basically um, read through that textbook. I didn't always do the practice test at the end of, or the practice questions at the end of the chapter. And then I did the um, three practice tests from ETS. So I did one before I even studied and I figured out, okay, like I got a 75%. And then I did my second one and I got like an 80%. And that was after a little bit of studying. And then by my last one, I was doing pretty good. And um, yeah, I just kept doing the ETS practice test again and again. Yeah. But I do have to say with the practice test, I always found that when there's four multiple choice questions, you could really, really easily kind of figure out which two don't belong and you mm-hmm. can rule out two at least. And then you're always like almost always down to two more options. Yeah. I felt like the, the multiple choice and the practice were like not as complex as like we've had in undergrad and our masters. Like they were a little bit more obvious, which ones yeah. you could process of elimination. Um, and I agree. Like one thing I did too, was I also did a practice test right when I started. And if you hear that Gagan got like a 70 or 75%, you're like, Oh my God, I did way worse. Don't worry. I did way worse on my first practice test. And I was still in school at that time and like okay, yeah. some other stuff. So, but I found that the ETS, um, questions were like reasonable and you could always delete, like get rid of two options out of four. Yeah. So that really helps. And then the biggest thing with the practice tests is like, go through your answers after. That's where you should spend the most yes. time. And like when I did the practice tests and I'm just a very fast test uh, taker. I always have been. And I don't know. It's not like, it's not like a good or bad thing. It's just the way I am. Like I write tests quickly. So don't guilt yourself into thinking you need to sit for the full time they give you because mm-hmm. it's timed. Yeah. I didn't. I probably did them in like 40 minutes. I did not sit. Like if you are someone who writes tests fast, like just know yourself. You don't need to sit for the whole chunk of time if you don't need to. Because some people get they, yeah. they, they get anxious. Then they feel like, oh, I need to like take the time. No, you don't. On test day, sure, if you want. But like for your practice test, the biggest thing is reading through where what you went wrong with. Yeah. And not spending hours trying to figure out a question. Like that's not the point of a practice test. Yeah, totally. So I would take my time to do the practice test. I didn't always use up like all the time, but I took my time with it. And then to review the practice test, it took me a day and a half for each practice test. I literally went through each question and then I ruled out even the obvious ones. Like I ruled out why does this, why is this answer not appropriate? And then when I was down to the two that I thought was kind of confusing, I would go to the textbook and then try to figure out why was my answer wrong or why was it right. So always make sure you know why was my answer right, even if you guessed it, because that's always a learning experience. Yeah, I would really say, like, your focus should be on reading through, like, your answers that were right and wrong, not just the answers you got wrong. And then test day, we had the option to write online or in person. A lot of my friends who wrote online, they said it was a breeze, very simple, straightforward, 
Um, it wasn't like overwhelming or anything like that. They really liked it. I was too anxious that something would go wrong. So with like in the internet or something. So I went in and I wrote it in person. And honestly, like if anyone's written the GRE, I thought this was a million times easier than the GRE. I used up the entire length of time for the GRE and I used up way less time to write the practice. This is just my, my experience. I thought it was so easy. I did so well on it in the end. And I literally used up, I was out of there. I swear to God under an hour. I was like, but I've always been like that. I take tests quickly. So that's just to say like, don't freak yourself out. Guggen had a different experience. Cause yeah. I actually think she had a harder test cause she got scaled. Did- I- yeah. yeah, so I didn't actually do that great on the proxies, but I was scaled up really, really high. So I had known that, okay, this was just a tricky test for everyone in my cohort. And people who had written the test in the same month had also told me like, oh, I thought it was a little bit challenging. But from what everyone said, I think no one leaves that test thinking like, wow, I killed it. I got a perfect score. I don't think anyone feels like that. So... Um, yeah, just go easy on yourself and then make sure you get there like 45 minutes to an hour in advance and then bring a snack. Cause sometimes I just, I need some comfort. I yeah. need like a chocolate bar and that's literally what I ate right before. And it kind of powered me through the test. Yeah. If you ask around, I don't know if you can search it online, but I just knew this through my cohort and other cohorts. Like you can figure out the raw score. Yep. You can. That you would need to know you pretty much passed. Yeah. So make note of your raw score at the end because they don't give you the scale score. How do you figure score. that out if you, like I was told it, how do you figure it out? It's at the very end of the test. No, I mean, how do you figure out what's a passing raw score? Because I knew my raw score was passing because like other people told me, oh, if you get over this raw score, you passed. I think it's if you get over a 71 or 73. I barely made it over, but I was scaled to a lot, lot higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So figure that out because it's kind of Because it's at a 132 or 134, something like that. And if you get over 50%, which is like, what, a 70 something? Yeah. You pass. Your raw score is like higher than 50%. So you're not going to get scaled down likely. Yeah. 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 So look into that because that's kind of comforting. Um, And then I would say just like, if you fail, it's fine. Write it again. Learn from your mistakes. Just work hard and get it over with and just like focus on that. You know, I would say like, don't overwhelm yourself with like worrying too much. I feel like if you don't pass, first of all, I think you probably will. Mm -hmm. Most people pass. I think that's a high passing rate. But if you do fail, you can just write it again. It's fine. And you can learn from your mistakes. And um, my other thing was like, I think it's fun to like plan a trip or like something exciting right after because like you study, study, study. And then, like, go away for the weekend, go away for a night, like, do something fun and treat yourself. Yeah. You know? That's what I did, too. I remember walking out of that testing center and being like, whoa, what was that? I literally felt so confused and disoriented almost because I was like, did I pass? Did I not? I was really on the fence. But, mm-hmm. yeah, most most people do pass. It's it's not the worst exam out there from my experience. I've had undergrad tests that were a little bit more stressful. Yeah, I, ha- I have for sure. Yeah. 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 So is there anything else that we should go over for everyone? I think one last thing I'll say is you would be really, really surprised by intuitively how much you'll pick up on and how much you'll remember. And your textbook will not cover every single term that will show up on the test. But once again, like I can't emphasize this enough, you can rule out just wrong answers by just with common sense, honestly. Yeah, like yeah. it, it, yeah. Trust yeah. your gut. Um, and like I wouldn't worry about like stats and like percentages like this because yeah. I was like trying to remember all these percentages and stuff yeah and, like, nerves no that, 
I didn't find that was on my test. Yeah. And one last thing, I didn't really focus on memorizing milestones too much. I had like a vague general sense of milestones from like undergrad, from my practicum, but I didn't memorize every single milestone for every single thing. And honestly, you don't need to. Yeah. I was really worried about that too. And I didn't memorize all of, like, there's just so much to know. Yeah. So it's like, honestly, good enough is good enough. You're probably going to be fine. Yep. (laughs) It is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. (laughs) Well, we just wanted to just jump on here and we don't want to give like a cookie cutter, perfect. Like, I just want you guys to feel like we're just chatting with you, just like we would chat with each other. Like after I wrote it, this is what I talked to Guggen about. And Mm -hmm. after she wrote it, this is what she's talking to her friends about. So it's like, I just want you guys to feel like you're in the conversation with us and we're not being like, so like, I don't know. Like we're so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, this is the real deal. I like basically failed my first few practice tests. I studied so hard because I was so nervous about failing. I like completely overdid it. I know people who studied for a few weeks and like did so well in it. I studied for two months. I know some people <laughs> who studied in like a week or less and did just fine. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. just depends. Like, And it's like you know yourself the best. If you're the type of person that is like a little bit more anxious and needs more time and like things just take some time to sink in. Like I am one of those people. I am one of those people. And I took my time with it. I'm glad I did that. Yeah. So I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please, please rate and review the podcast. And um, yeah, anything else you want to share, Gagan? Bye, everyone. Okay. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, we love having you on here at the SLP Corner <laughs> Podcast. Okay, well, we'll see everybody next Monday. <laughs>